can hear me. Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm just using my, my I'm using my phone here, so sometimes it seems to behave differently every time I use it because it's so far in between us doing these that they've updated everything about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like this last update really screwed me up because I was going to do a podcast with some uh, with a friend from long, long ago, and um, I went on my other computer and nothing was working and I couldn't see anything. So it was just so frustrating. Yeah, this one that was like the default when I turned it on, well, what I answered was that you were coming through the phone and not the speaker. And there was, I could hear you because it was a loud mic just in the background, but then there was a little, you know, muted volume symbol up in the top. And then I hit that and I had the option of, anyway, I guess we don't need to talk about the, how Skype works. <laughs> Well, I, Remember think, how to do that before. I think that's all, it's all part of the deal. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. The uh, trials and tribulations of trying to get there, because sometimes it's, they've been actually, um, I think actually once they were insurmountable, I think once we gave up. Mm -hmm. Yes. But I think at other times we've, it's been a 10 minute pause here or there because of technical difficulties and somehow we managed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we We just have to. We keep going with the flow. <laughs> Persevere. <laughs> yeah. So, um... We haven't talked in a while. I know. So, I I, I just... I, I thought I would uh, set some questions for us because we didn't have time to watch any our 21 videos. Did, my one question, though, before that is I don't think we ever really got to talk about your... Uh, procedure of going for grant applicate for going for as a grant adjudicator in Toronto and that I, or maybe I'm right I remember I talked to you maybe just like chatting about it but I don't think we actually spoke about it no no we didn't talk about that uh, at all I don't I don't recall anybody. no I don't think we did I remember you telling me that it went well but I think that was all just with a Facebook message or something like that do you want to talk about that for a few minutes first and then we'll get into the sure Sure. Um, okay. But in chronological, chronological order. Oh yeah. Um, well, have you have you ever heard from other friends what it's like, or have you ever seen where the offices are, or do you know anything about the Ontario Arts Council? I think out of all of the people that I know closely, it would probably be only be Jeff Wilmore that would have ever had anything to do with that. And I, I can't recall for sure whether he's been asked to be a judge or not. So mm -hmm. he probably has. And uh, I'm sure he's been to the office and that probably with a pitchfork. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, um, the, when you start, uh, I don't know if you've uh, ever opened the website of the Ontario Arts Council I have seen it, but it's not something that I recall, whether you're native or whether you're from, a, from somewhere else. We do else. have um, Indigenous pri Priority Group as well that includes Métis and Inuit, um, and they have Francophones uh, as uh, part of the group, a group, um, and deaf, deaf and Disability yeah, so uh, I I'm, I always get a little bit mixed up with all the priority. Yeah, groups. no doubt. Uh, it's just that there, there's so much to remember when you're doing an application that 
sometimes all this stuff sort sort of gets a little bit kind of lost and afraid and a little bit yeah so. i can relate. i can relate because some of the stuff i do with my work is is uh grant related and trying to report on them and i they, they all blend together yeah yeah i guess because it's so intense and you have to spend so much time in your head <laughs> that um these these are all abstract concepts really that you're playing with that you're juggling with Uh, until you make it concrete right. like you you go from an ax abstract concept to a concrete application of the abstract concept you that know? you think that you, that you think they might buy or accept or understand or want to fund and and i mean there's a certain irony that there's it's really not for very much money like let's be honest i mean it's helpful i'm not saying it isn't but it's like they really make you jump through a lot of hoops for a few thousand bucks Yes, it's it's definitely that, but for 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 an artist, it it means uh, it means so much. Like it's oh yeah, it's yeah, probably yeah. not a lot of money, but it's it's a lot of it's actually a lot of impact for for the amount that it is. So well, yeah, artists are the true innovators that can make that few thousand dollars actually go really far, right? Yeah, and. I'm And, and the lower amounts are more for emerging grants, artist grants as well, right? Like if you were somebody who was a somewhat famous Canadian artist or Ontario artist and you applied, there's probably like $20,000 and $30,000 grants you can get too if you have a bigger project that you want to do. I guess so. Uh, probably with the Canada Arts Council. I haven't yet started so, looking into that. But, right, so uh, Ontario Council doesn't actually grant anything that large then? Um, the, the most that I've seen is 15,000, but I'm, pr there's probably more, I, I operating grants, I, I imagine would go around yeah, 30,000. Yeah. Like if you were trying to run a small gal, a small public or like a artist run space or something and you, you would rely a little bit on that. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So lots to learn, but, um, When you start you. applying, you go to the website and you make your profile. And then um, when you make your profile, it opens up a sort of portal. And then you have like your page, your account. And then on your account, you have all the possible grants that you could apply for. And then you start typing your application right into the 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 portal. So I when I started it was maybe two, three years ago, it was on paper and you had to send CDs. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it was and, and that's only a few years ago. It's amazing how quickly all this Yeah, it was sort of at the edge of the far 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 out edge of still being able to kind of burn a CD kind of or a DVD. The edge, uh, the edge of the flat earth, flat earth art world. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Then all the computers without hard drives started coming. And so anyway, they, they're, they're very reactive to new things. So they were able to make that jump. There were a few kinks here and there uh, when they started, I think in 2016, around there. Um, and then I, I applied uh, to a few and, um, I didn't get 
get it, but I called uh, to get uh, feedback and I started introducing myself and and getting to know the people and uh, having conversations with them. And uh, what? I said, that's what you have to do. Well, that's, yeah, that's that, I was following an advice. I, I think it, it was uh, uh, one of my professors that told me that, I think. So I did it, and um, I was, you know, a little bit uh, at first kind of discouraged, but then I th- I'm pretty tough and resilient, really. Like, I'm sensitive. I know I'm very sensitive, but... I I will get back up and I will keep going. So yes, I've known you for a fairly long time, and I would say that tenacity is is one of your strong points. And no matter how sensitive you are, the tenacity overcomes it. <laughs> well, yeah, or it's Dave. either what? <laughs> Just ask Dave. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. So anyway, um, uh, what they did was. They asked me to be a juror on um, Art du Nord, so a French uh, jury, uh, and I did it uh, online. We did it online, and it was pretty great. And That's cool. I realized that at that time, uh, that was in 2017, I my ideas weren't so far off from the other people, and I thought, oh, okay, <laughs> what? What is this? <laughs> no, that's a great process to go through, I'm sure. And like anything where you are you have you know doubts about your own, where you fit into all of this. And I'm not even just talking about art. I'm talking about almost anything that you do that is on a level that you've got some sort of competition or scrutiny from people from the outside. And to get that affirmation really is uh, powerful and helps you move forward. I think so. That's definitely, that was definitely a, a good feeling to be brought into the thinking of a grant. So I learned a lot from this first experience. Then I applied for another one and I was turned down again. The concept wasn't clear. And now I know the difference. I really do. I so I, I kept going and I applied for another one. And I got that one, and that one that was with Jonathan to do some new work. So we did a series of paintings uh, called Dactylographie. And then I thought I should apply for something in the winter because I teach from September to December. And then in the winter, if I apply to a grant called Artists in Communities and Schools, then I can have some sort of employment during the winter. So that's what I did. I applied for this grant and I was successful in getting it. And then I started teaching at White Pines in the winter. And and then uh, that was like in January. And then um, in February, they called me because somebody had uh, turned down uh, being a juror. So... They asked me, and I only had one week to read the applications. And out of those days, I started a show. There was a show, a traveling show that came to Sault Ste. Marie at 180 Projects in our gallery there. And it was a French show, and I was the contact for it. So I was so busy that week. It was so nuts. But they flew me in, and 
thankfully, I managed to get in in a window between lots of snowstorms and and ice storms and stuff like that. <laughs> I remember that. I remember that. Yeah, you did get lucky. Yeah, so I got in and I stayed at the uh, what is it called again? The and house Endor the Endor house it's it's like a a weird building that is like all lofts and everything is super hipster hipster like in there so like, like a like a boutique hotel basically mhm okay. all cool modern furniture and brick surfaces and no pictures on the walls lots of echoes yes and um, the plumbing and the bathroom is like walk-in shower with with old style kind of steampunk plumbing in there. And anyway, so I got in, just continued reading, took notes uh, on each application. Then I went to the OAC and we did it. And there were two other people, one from Toronto and one from Ottawa. And we... Each we always take a turn uh, speaking about the grant, and we're always given that first turn, and um, then uh, we give a rating, and based on that rating, they show us what it looks like, and then at the end, at the very end, they tell us how much money that we can grant, and it's usually not a lot, so. It, so then you have to go back through all the applications and decide which ones get them after. I'm assuming you've gone through a bunch of different applications. Yeah, I've I've been. Uh, this is my second time doing it. So, um, what happens is there's usually a consensus on, let's say, the top four, top five, because uh, you can tell. You really out of, how, out of how many out of curiosity? Oh, this time it was out of 11. It wasn't, yeah, so not, not too bad then, but still a lot to read. Not too bad. It's just that you want to do a good job. I know some people read 100 applications. I know that. I know that it's crazy and the competition is crazy. They can probably get through them pretty quickly, though, at that level, because they can probably tell within like two paragraphs if it's worth skimming the rest of it or actually reading it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I haven't gotten to this point yet. I Well, maybe you've gotten lucky in that the ones that you've seen have all been worth reading, too. I'm sure if you're going through 100, you would get some that were just completely out to lunch. Well, that was it. I mean, I what I tend to do now is because I like everything, basically. You know, yeah, if, if somebody met, has taken the time to write a grant, sit down think of a project and they're an artist. I mean, I would want to give them money. <laughs> no, I'm the same. I'm the same way. I, I, and you know, as I've gotten older, I've become less critical. When I was younger, it was, it was easier to be a snob. I find as I get older, almost anybody that's willing to put themselves out there, even if I don't really like it, I'm still going to give them a certain amount of credit for doing it. I, I think that's, that's, I, it's probably experience that has taught us that we go through so many, we, we fight our own voices to get to a point where we can create artwork. 
that we 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 can empathize with people and but because of because this pro this process of jurying is so difficult i just wrote everything that i could see that was sort of maybe not that something was the matter like something didn't sound right or was unrealistic maybe yes anything that i could find that to say as an argument that you know there would there would be a reason not to fund this one i i just i just said anything uh that i could think of and i mean not willy-nilly it was all like thought of and you know um but I tend to be like more critical that way because yeah yeah is it possible is what you're doing possible to do for the amount of budget that you've allocated and where are you going to come up with the rest of the money it's questions like that too right because you know like you're going to get a couple thousand bucks from OAC and then you want you know you're not going to build like a a five ton bronze statue for that right (laughs) (laughs) well um it might help you on the way but it's true that there is the idea of is the money that we are going to give you going to be enough to to see the project realized definitely yes there's that that comes into are are people allowed to um a lot of the grants that i do and if they're not arts grants at all but they some of the granting programs that i've been involved in you're usually looking for they want a backing funder like they like could you could you say i've already got like five thousand dollars for my project backed by either some other like the trillium foundation or mighty yeah they show that in the yeah they show that in their expense page in their budget yeah prefer to probably not have them be 100 percent relying on the oac money or that's probably when a project's not going to get get completed right i i can see that big projects like films for example or yeah theater plays they need a lot of funders. Yeah, yeah. So that's where you got to like come up because it's going to be like you can't put on a play for I don't know as a guess like you probably need, like a hundred thousand bucks or fifty thousand bucks or somewhere in there to put on a play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All the lighting and the practicing and the renting the space and the, the list just goes on and on. Exactly. So, um, yeah. So all of that, and then um, I wanted to go when I was done. Um, they're so nice there. I must say the whole team, I'm getting to know them a little bit and they're so welcoming and kind. Um, so I left and I wanted to go see the, um, at the AGO, um, there was a a Jew, um, a German, um, artist starts with a K, uh, K killing or curing. Anyway, Someone I don't know probably I'm a contemporary newish artist or older. It's a woman who was uh, in World War Two. She was an artist in World War Two in Germany, and she was against what was happening. Uh, she she was making prints about Nazism, and I wanted to go see that because this was a dissenting voice that probably was 
called the degenerate artist or something like that. Like, I don't know her story, her whole story. But anyway, the AGO, it was on a Monday and it's closed on Monday. So I yeah. never got to see it. Ah, uh, yeah, that sucks. Nah. So anyway, that was my 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 um, jurying story. Yeah, now, well, that's amazing to hear that, and I, I I'm I'm really happy to hear your perseverance and you making connections and inroads with these people because that all helps, and they know who you are and they know you're serious, and I think that's one of the most important things about anybody take it like in art is to be taken seriously either by the people who buy your paintings or by people who give you grants or whatever, because. And it's hard to get to there. It's not easy because there's so many people out there doing it, right? Oh, yeah. So many people are so good. Like, there's so much talent. Yeah, exactly. There's so many young people coming out of art school that do interesting stuff. And you just, it just, it's just amazing to, uh, to have to think about having to jury that. And I guess they've already gone through a pre-selection, I guess, for them to get to the 11 proposals that you were having to review there must have been a lot more in that intake yeah. and then they they have like an initial one where they probably screen out the ones that are don't have any maybe no experience or no idea or whatever and then mm-hmm. they get the 11 that they think have a crack at getting some money yes that's what happens yes yeah well i hope your family is super proud of you i sure am that's amazing to hear <laughs> yeah i am i am pretty yeah uh, it's 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 funny because um, I almost don't see myself going. Everything sort of becomes part of my life, and I lose I lose that general view of myself. I guess. Do you get that too? Sometimes? General view? You mean you lo- you're losing something else to fit this in, or your general view is uh, move is changing from to a new thing that you don't quite see yet? Or I'm not quite sure. Yeah, like um, I'm I'm making it up as I go, right? So um, I gradu- as are we all? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So talking to you when you say things like that, it, it makes me feel pretty awesome because. You you are seeing the path or the parcours or the the. Hey, I've no. I've just known a lot of artists, and I know that you got to persevere and you got to be. You artists are sensitive. They have to be. I think it'd be pretty tough to be an artist and not be sensitive. But you also got to have thick, thick skin. <laughs> yeah, I don't have thick, thick skin. So it's, you're pretty uh, good, though. No, no, you're okay. You you you'll you're not gonna like it discouraged and turn away after getting turned down one or two times and you already told me that you didn't do that you kept applying and you will keep applying and you will keep getting turned down but you will also get new grants you just you just got to keep doing it yeah that's it like um i I believe that if you go to it if you go through the motion honestly with who you are that's what people can see when they see that there's no pretense here. This is a genuine voice. They can see that right away. They can see through that. I met a lot of artists. Like I never really, I wouldn't say I know them, but I met a lot of artists through my friend who passed away then. And honestly, the, the, the ones that I liked their work the most and everything, they were just such genuine people. And it didn't matter whether they were like a famous artist in Canada or whatever that even means. But, you know, if, I think if you're making a living at it in Canada, you're pretty much famous. 
if you make forty thousand dollars a year doing art, you're you're like in the way in the top, the top like point one percent, right? Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Like if you make a living wage, definitely yes. Because most of them, most of them are also like doing other things, and sometimes that could be art related too, though. And that's kind of what you're doing, right? At this point, I guess you still teach language, though, right? Yeah, I still teach, and I will probably continue doing that for a while. Yes, yes, why not? Um, you like it, and it pays fairly well, right? I mean, absolutely, and it doesn't stop me from doing my work. So, yeah, it's, exactly. It's not it's it's not a hindrance in any way, really. Even when you're teaching, you can probably still have a little bit of time for art. Then you're not teaching for more of you than you are teaching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Cool. I have some. I have a funny question for you. Um, I was thinking about. Uh, I started teaching art to uh, special needs uh, students in high school. And, well, I remember you talking about that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I teach abstract art, abstract painting, um, and I, I wanted to ask you a question. Um, imagine you had an uncle you never met. And he wanted to come stay with you for a week in London. For a week. For a week. If my parents wanted to come and stay with me for a week, I'd probably have a heart attack. <laughs> I know them quite well. Okay. But, but go this on. is an uncle that has lived in in a very small town somewhere in Canada. St. Marie? That's not very small. <laughs> <laughs> let's Just say cooking. let's say mm, Chaplot or Chaplot. Yeah, Chaplot. And um the he, he wants to, to come and visit you. He's never met you before and um he does oil painting as part of his retirement and his latest painting of a chickadee on a branch was selected to be part of the Northern Ontario Artist Association. So he he does know about painting a little bit, but he wants to know about contemporary art, and he's he's kind of open minded, but you know he's he's set in his ways too. So how would you introduce the ideas related to art today to him? Like, what would be your first step? Would you take him to, would you show him your paintings? Would you take him to Museum London? Would you take him to a bar and meet some artists? What would you do? Is he, uh, I guess you'd want to find out, you know, is he interested in, art like contemporary art in a general sense or is he interested specifically in painting you know um and i know you don't necessarily know that but that's the sort of question you could get into i think i'm going to assume that he's into painting because he's a painter yes and i'm also going to assume that um a lot of people that i know who in the past over the years who've been more what i would call representational painters yes as they get into trying to make abstract paintings, what they start to do is they make abstractions of representations. And to me, that's not really abstract art. It is in a way, but, but I think like true abstract art shouldn't really be trying to represent anything other than feeling. Mm-hmm. And I think it would be, I, 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 but I think you got to take steps towards that. And I think I'd want to talk to him about materials. 
mm-hmm. and about how he feels about using his materials and how he feels about the the process of applying paint to a surface and the process of removing paint from a surface. If he uses oil paint, you get a long time to do that, right? Because it takes so long to dry. Not that I've ever used it, but... <laughs> But, you know, you, you, there's a lot of techniques that you can learn and techniques that you would learn in learning how to paint a chickadee on a branch because uh, you want to, I think, get across that those same techniques can be used, but try to do it in a way to express yourself in terms of color, in terms of, of um, I guess, relationships between color and space. And it's funny, I, I, we've talked about this before, but when I watch television – I'm I'm always fascinated by the art on the walls and these television shows. <laughs> and I'm watching Mad Men again for like I'm nowhere near Dave's record, but I'm, I think I'm on my third time through. But I'm not sure that I've been this. I'm into season seven now. Anyway, there's lots of great art in that. I'd almost want to like sit down and watch a few of those with him and say, <laughs> "This is 1960s, and look at the art on the wall, and how does that make you feel?" Like it's maybe you wouldn't have to quite do that. Maybe it would be enough to just buy a book or two or. And go through it and just, and you know, you'd almost maybe want to suggest that they, t- they, in a small community, I guess it would be tough, but I was going to say that they almost take some lessons or have some instruction from someone who, who can work their way through this. Cause clearly he's got the technique, right? Like once you've got the technique, you've got the ability, but you have to have the mind. Mm-hmm. You have to have the interest and the mind because, um, I could make the the distinction, I think, between people that learn how to play classical music become completely bound by they cannot play if they don't have music in front of them. And I think that representational painters can fall into that same trap where you've got you could be like the best illustrator or drawer in the world and you could like paint like Rembrandt or whatever. And but if if you wanted to try to just do something to really just truly express yourself and not be concerned about how people think about it and just to try to make something that makes you feel good you've got to kind of get over that hump. And I'm not sure how you'd get that across to an older uncle that you'd never met before, but those are the ideas I would try to talk about. That's a good idea. I like that, that you, you thought of things that are close to you, madman, and talking about the painting, like having discussions with him about his paintings. Have you yeah, been to, there's... oh, sorry, have you been to Museum London? I have not been there and I probably should have gone because I think they had some stuff up for the, we had our, the Juno Awards here last weekend in London and I, I went out to a few shows on Friday night, but I ran out of gas after that. <laughs> I'm old. I can't stay out at bars all night, two nights in a row. Yeah. I was going to ask you when you go to the Juno, if if you see a picture of Dan in there. I went to what was called Juno Fest and it was like a, a, thing that was put on in association with the Juno Awards that was many, many acts playing at many, many venues over two full days, two full nights. And so it wasn't so much about that. And I, sh- I didn't go to the actual um, uh, Juno Awards ceremony. Okay. I know Dan would definitely be, he'd be, he'd, I think he's been on juries for that, if I remember right. I'm, I'm not sure, but I, all I know is that Dave said there's a TV show about the Junos and Dan is in it. Well, good for him. But I, I was wondering if there would be, it looks like there are pictures of the Juno Awards in, in at Museum London. And I was wondering if there was a picture of Dan in there. My guess would be that there, that's a very good possibility because there haven't been that many acts from London, I don't think, that have been nominated or selected. And I think there have been. I think that Dan's been involved in a couple of things that have actually received Juno Awards. Yeah. 
So my, my guess is that would be a very good chance unless he dove away from the camera or something. <laughs> um, okay, I have a question. This morning I woke up with, um, I recalled, I, I went to see a student show at the gallery. It's the time of year. It's the time of the year where the students are graduating and there are four students who have their shows, their year-end shows, their thesis shows going on. And Kate, Kate Lapish is one of those. And she has drawings of faces where the inside of the face is jumbled up and, and re and drawn, drawn, redrawn, uh, all messed up. Uh, like uh, an eye is at the place of the ear and stuff like, like that. Like I used to do as a kid with Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and she has a table with pictures of her family that she has manipulated to blur the faces or pixelate the faces. And um, so this morning I woke up with this idea of what is a damnatio memori memori damnatio memori in now Roman I times. Never- I've never heard of that term, but I'm assuming it means like to erase a memory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. Okay. It was the the process of after post mortem after someone had passed away of erasing all paintings, all names. You know, trying to erase a person from memory, completely from memory. Because you had bad associations with them? Because you had a war, you had a feud, whatever. Yeah. And you, and you just want to, but I, it's hard for me to imagine how anybody could have enough control to do that. I don't know. I, I My memory erases it. I've got a self-erasing memory, but it, it doesn't erase the things that I want to erase. It just erases everything. <laughs> <laughs> It's like a, it's like a, a an endless loop of a of a tape that once you get to the beginning it just starts taping over it again. I've got about three. Mo- no, actually, that's not even true because I have scattered memory throughout my entire life. But I, I, it's not the most recent stuff that I remember. Anyway, getting old, right? <laughs> anyway, anyway, sorry, I'm, I digress. No, I think that's that's great. That's part of what I'm thinking about. Um, I don't think it's possible today to erase someone from memory. Although there are some people that are passing passing away now that might have, uh, I'm thinking of especially women who didn't have children and didn't get married. And they may, might have one photo album, you know? Right. And... That gets thrown out, let's say. These women, they're, it feels like they're gone from memory. You know? But, yeah, but everybody yeah. else now today has left a trace somewhere. And they will be gone from memory because if they don't have any family, really, who's really going to remember them? Mm-hmm. Like we're talking, I'm not, I'm like now is one thing, but I, what, what about in 50 years or a hundred years? Like, I don't have any kids. I don't know. I'm probably going to get erased pretty quickly. <laughs> you'll have your Facebook page and you'll have these podcasts. <laughs> infamy. Last in infamy. 
these podcasts will stay forever. True, that's true. But yeah, that's true. I guess you. Yeah, I guess if you make a little bit more effort to have somewhat of a presence out there, and it's hard not to do that. But it's also there's so much of it. But erasing it is. A di- and I've had, you know, relationships in my, in my life where I have had kind of a falling out and I'm not the sort of person to really hold grudges and I'm probably like almost weak in that regard if you were to ask my mother <laughs> Aww, I like but that. I think it's a good thing she's the sort of person who's got lists of people that she won't talk to anymore and and I she explains it to me and I understand why that is but for some reason I don't really have that any in my own life but I do have a few cases like I I know you um Spoiler alert for uh, anyone who's listening. You did give me uh, outlines of your questions ahead of time, and I wasn't sure about that term, and I figured that was what it meant. And you mentioned that the modern-day equivalent of it is almost like, you know, unfriending somebody on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that's a weird process because you do it, and you almost have a – depending on who it is, like you could just unfriend somebody who's just an asshole, right? They just don't like them and you never really did. You never had a connection with them. But I've had a few people that I've had connections with over the over time and they've just kind of slowly pissed me off. And even though I knew them, I, I eventually did that. And I, I, you have really mixed feelings about it because you think about them a lot still, but I find that over time, I don't really think about them anymore. It's kind of like a breakup, really. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah feels like that yeah yeah it's kind of like the sort of thing where if you go through a the process of being close to someone and then it doesn't work out and i think even on whichever side you're on of that you're going to have a lot of you, you it's going to be hard for you to not think about that other person for a long time and possibly be angry with them or miss them or hate them or or whatever right yeah the, is there anything else you can think of that would be similar to Erasing someone from memory? Well, I mean, I could imagine, um, I'm thinking back to how you've sort of introduced this, and I could imagine that if you had pictures of, like, in the old days, the days of yore, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, probably if there was some sort of a family falling out, there would be, like, people going around and, like, ripping up all the pictures of whoever it was that they had. Just, I don't ever want to see half. them again. I've, heard picture, I've even heard stories of people, like, cutting their the face out of their other person or taking <laughs> Taking them to like a place and getting them photoshopped so they remove that person. Yeah. I still like, but I don't want I don't want Dave in there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah. I don't. So I guess. And what and to what end? I guess like, do you really ever forget them? Do you really ever forget someone that you've you that you had any real connection to? And Facebook's weird too. To go back to that because you know on Facebook I have like. I don't know, 350 friends or something like that. It's kind of been around that number for almost the whole time I've been on there since 2007. No, not probably that long, but say since, you know, for the last eight years or so, seven years, it's probably been about that. It kind of goes up and down. People come and go. But out of those people, I probably actually have only met 50 of them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty um, lenient, I guess, at taking in people who are connected to other people who I've had conversations with that I think, yeah, this person seems like they know what's going on. And sometimes I become pretty close with them and other times I don't. And, and, uh, sometimes you, I defriend them and get rid of them from my memory. (laughs) (laughs) But I, yeah, I don't know. How about yourself? Do you think of any other modern day process or even, it doesn't even really have to be modern day, does it? Just this idea of expunging somebody from your life or your memory or your, your, your psyche or whatever you want to call it. 
I'm thinking of um, people who go around painting over pictographs. Oh, like if you mean if somebody's done some graffiti and then they got to go with that like paint that's trying to match the color of paint behind it to just get rid of it. Yeah, like there have been destroyed. But when you said pictographs, you talk about like stuff that's hundreds of years old or stuff that was done like last week. Okay, I I was thinking you meant like by a skateboard kid. No, 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 like uh, native pictographs. Mm -hmm. um, Yeah, well, that's great. Heard of people uh, painting smiley faces or or just scratching it out. Yeah, that's that's just ignorant and. and uh, I think not thinking maybe young people, but there's old people that do stupid shit too, right? I remember I just read about last week or two weeks, not last within the last month, about some guy who I think was in Indiana who had this huge collection of bones that he had like exhumed from native cemeteries, like huge, like thousands of them. Oh like I don't God. know if he did or if he bought them on the black market or whatever, but he had his house open as a museum, and they finally just realized that holy, this guy's like a basically a like a major criminal. Like that's a pretty big offense to do that. No kidding. Yeah. So that would be, I guess, kind of related to the same thing too, wouldn't it? You've got like this ancient culture that was here for long before we were, and actually managing quite well, and then we come and more or less commit genocide, and then we start digging up their graves and showing off their bones. Like that's that's pretty desecrating. It is. And I mean, I guess you're not erasing your own memory at that time, but you were erasing the memory of another culture, which is actually a lot worse than trying to erase your own memory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that that was what was damnatio memoriae was in, on my mind. And where where I, did you hear of that in the first place, Isabel? Oh, in um, my um, art history course. And what was the what was the context of it in the art history course? It was when studying classical art, uh, because paintings would get scratched out, you know, faces. And there was one famous one. I, all I remember is that the Roman that was try, that was being erased, his name was Gaeta, and I, I, I that's all I remember. But that that's funny because. That example managed to get through <laughs> to two thousand years of history to let yeah. us know that yeah, as you're, you're, long you're, as people have been people, they've been unfriending other people. Yeah, yeah. You're, the reason you're remembered is because everyone was trying to forget you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I became famous because nobody wanted to know who I was. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a reason. There's another reason why I thought about it, but it's it's about something that happened locally, and I won't say it just because it it's too close to me. No, I understand. To, yeah, but that's what that's what brought it back, and you had some context through school. That's oh, that's interesting concept. Yeah, yeah. So um, I have another question. I gave a talk with my professor Noni to the chiefs of Ontario about uh, they were having a, a an education conference here about special needs. Um, so my, me and Noni, we gave a talk about drawing and I, I gave the example of teaching uh, to the students at White Pines. And um, um, Noni talked about how 
the often when people think about art, they think of the, about the end product, but she says it's really about the process. What do you think about that? I think you realize pretty quickly if you ever start making art that the product is almost irrelevant. Isn't that weird? Because <laughs> you're just gonna, you're just going to finish that one and you're going to start another one. Or if you're or if you or if you're sometimes it's about like more mass production even like where you I, I mean I used to like I would work on multiple paintings at the same time when I painted because I would I, I my mind would be working that fast and I, I I couldn't just stop and wait for one to dry so I would do what I could on one and then move to the next one and then move to the next one and I didn't have a very big space to work in and the, these probably weren't very big paintings and I I don't even remember which ones they were probably they were mostly watercolor because that's probably what I did the most. But I think that kind of speaks volumes about the process. And I mean, you like the final thing. I don't mean to totally dismiss that. But I, I do think that if you're somebody who's spent any amount of time trying to make art, the process becomes more important. I really think that. So you made watercolors. Yeah, that's what I started doing before I ever did any acrylic painting. Yeah, it's it's sort of easier. And then I did them more at the end because I, I couldn't store watercolor acrylic anymore because they're too big and just... I wasn't really selling them. I was just kind of making them for myself, and I ran out of ran out of <laughs> ran out of space to store them. So I started making these more smaller watercolors and just trying to work with ideas. But uh, yeah, I, I, the process it's interesting. Um, it's interesting because uh, I, I don't know. I, I, like I say, the, the final product in the end you like, but then you want to just move on and start a new thing, right? Mm-hmm. That's, I have, all, that's how I feel anyway. I have so many paintings now, but I have to, I have to because I want to have shows and I want to start showing. And well, I you want, want to get better. You want to work through the process because eventually you're going to make a better painting, right? Like you're going to, not a better painting necessarily, but you're going to express your ideas, I think, more in more of a way that you believe you're becoming more true to who you are. Mm -hmm. And I think I think without the process, I mean, it's the difference between, I think, art and artist. The art itself is a, is a final thing, but artist continues to grow, right? And so artist is more about the process. Yeah, that's, that's so good to hear you say that. Well, um, I, like I say, I think anyone that spent any amount of time working with, with materials or ideas, and I've spent more time... Uh, and the many, not, not recently, but I, I've spent a bit of time kind of doing music sort of stuff too. And, and I remember meeting this uh, jazz bass player a bunch of years ago, who's quite famous named Dominic, I can't remember his last name, but he, you know, he, well, quite famous again, it's like in the jazz world. Yes. It's, famous doesn't mean that much, but um, he, he was, he was a, uh, he, he was a, a guy from New York and he was kind of like a scary looking guy. And he was getting kind of annoyed because he came and he did a show with a couple of other people around here, like with Eric Stock and I, I think John Heward, a couple of other guys who were kind of, you know, as famous as you can get as odd jazz players. And he came and he was playing with them and somebody else was recording them playing. Yeah. And he was, an, he was annoyed by that because to him, the idea of having a product in the end, the reason he is a, a, a sound artist that he makes sound is because he doesn't really want, that to be captured like it's some it's all about the moment so i think that's a really good kind of ex, um expression of of the process being so important 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't paint artists too. Like I think uh, Laura Warmke, I think she actually did. I don't know if we've talked about her before, but I think she does a thing every year where she like burns her paintings. Oh, I've heard about that. Yes. Yeah. Like yeah. not everything she ever does, but it's just the process is it's just, okay, whatever. I, I keep making these things. I'm not going to sell them. I'm just going to have a million of them when I'm, when I pass away and nobody wants to deal with that. So part of managing inventory is just get rid of the ones you don't care about. That is true. I've, uh, I have to figure out all of this right now. So it's quite interesting for me. Well, point. I think the thing is, is as, you, as your inventory of stuff starts building, I think you can go through and be a little bit more honest about from the earlier stuff that you did. You're not going to want to get rid of all of it just because it was early and it's not good. But you're going to find things that really defined your process and that you can say, okay, this, is, this was something that was a dead end that was going nowhere. And this is something that to this day, I'm still working on this idea. Mm-hmm. Well, let's hope this happens. Well, I think, well I, think if you, I think if you look through your stuff, you'd find that it's happening because you've been doing this for what, like 10 years almost now? Um, I started in 2010, uh, my first drawing class in, um, as a part-time uh, at uh, the program. Um, right. I, I usually start my year of really starting in 2012 so seven years I've been at it I would say yeah it's uh it's come to a good point I think um well I wanted to talk to to you about two um people that came to visit me from Ottawa they wanted to know about podcasting And I did a podcast with them, uh, and I posted it on That's Not Art. So I saw that, but I, I'm sorry I didn't listen to it. I, I, didn't, okay. I, I didn't know what it was, and you know, well, you know how it goes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> too many things, too many pinky pies, my well, son problem, would say. <laughs> the, the problem is, is, unless you, like for me, if I don't do something almost right away, even if I intend to do it, something else is going to take its place no matter how badly I wanted to do it. And yeah. it's, just, it's just tough to manage that. So things like that, you should really be, I don't know. Sometimes I email like, like the titles of things to myself to try to, because I'm old, right? Nobody uses email anymore, but <laughs> anyway, I email something to myself. So I've got it and I'll keep it unread so that I'll keep on seeing it there. If it's something I really want to do. And then eventually I'll erase it or do it or both. Oh, totally. I, I get it. Um, I'm just saying that it's there. And um, I'll listen to it now. I didn't know what it was. I, I, I'm, I remember it going past, though, now that you mention it. Yeah. Well, um, the sound is a little bit low. So I hope that you can hear well. Uh, it's the way that I positioned the microphone. So it was a little bit far from 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 the the woman it was close ah. close to the to eve but anyway um i decided to start a series of paintings based on podcasters so if at any one point you have a picture of yourself you can take a selfie if you want podcasting with me uh i would include you in the series of podcasters <laughs> so what you're gonna you're gonna do a series of paintings of, of people that you've podcasted like of portraits yeah I, of, i'm doing uh, portraits of I'm, something into those people i'm asking people to send me their photos of themselves podcasting 
and I'm making paintings based on those photos. Okay, okay. Yeah, so I've had, uh, so far, I've had many friends and people I don't know, but that I sort of know through the Canadian podcast buffet in Ottawa. It's uh, a group of podcasters that we met in 2004-2005 when we started. Dave pioneers. You're yeah, pioneers. Exactly. So the pioneers and I'm making paintings based on that and I'm also listening to podcasts that uh for example David did a podcast with Bob Goyache in, in Montreal. Uh, he was, Bob was in Montreal, Dave was here, and they would podcast, um, a, sh a podcast called uh, the Marshall McLuhan Podcasting Hour. Yeah, I remember seeing that one go by on the group, but I think I'm still a member on that. Yeah, so uh, Bob passed away, and um, I did a painting of Dave and Bob. I also did a painting of John Meadows, who's um, uh, a photographer. And he apparently works for a big pharmaceutical company uh, and he podcasts. Uh, I have never, I don't listen to podcasts. <laughs> I've always been more of a content maker than, than a listener. Yeah, I'm this, well, I haven't been much of either, but I, I am, I have to say uh, when I do, um, listen to podcasts i'm always really quite pleasantly surprised by it. one just as a bit of an aside on that i listened to um uh kristen bell and dax shepherd on dax shepherd's if they are um dax shepherd is was they were in that he was in parenthood he was in a couple of television shows uh and he's married to kristen bell who's in like the good place now and i don't know She's uh, she's been in a bunch of different things, and I quite like them both. And they were really, really genuine, and it was really interesting to hear them have this conversation back and forth for two hours, and it went by like nothing, you know. And it was interesting because they both come came from like really kind of modest backgrounds, like they're both from uh, grew up in like Detroit with like working class parents and stuff. And I just really liked their conversation. They talked about how they met, and it was really interesting. I thought so. I bet you there's just so much of that out there. Yeah, I think. I think it's it's the sky's the limit now for podcasting, definitely. Yeah, and this is one that's got a little bit. It's a little bit more polished because he's got money and stuff, and he's got like his own theme song and all this. It's kind of like more like a Mark Mar Mark Maron or what's his name? Marin. Mark Marin. Yeah, it's kind of more like more like on that level. But but I like him too, actually, a lot. Yes, yes. All those big podcasts are great, but. It's also important to continue growing through this medium. I feel that um, there are stories to tell. And as, as you have listeners and as the listeners start talking to you and you meet them, you, there's a back and forth that starts happening that is really interesting. Um, We haven't gotten yet there, I don't think, with our podcast, but it will come. And when you bring friends like um, Jeff Wilmore and Brian Sabby and uh, Jason McLean, 
that's what happens. That's you get a little it, bit wider exposure. Yeah, it it brings it it brings the podcast to people, and when you do that, when you talk about the the listeners, like uh, the other day, this so and so commented on this and said blah 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 people start listening more and and then there's a better um flow of of listenership that happens or connectivity or connection i don't like connectivity it sounds too much like corporate talk but i was gonna say it sounds very corporate (laughs) it's like you're trying to monetize it yes which we're not about but no 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 it's about people connecting with other people and people being able to have an avenue and an ability to talk about the things that they are actually interested in and to have other people that are interested in listening to them and it's about it's kind of about what radio was in its early days i think and and radio's gotten a long a long a lot away from that except i would say some satellite stations are like that still but where you're listening almost to listen to the personality more so than to the music in a way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, I, the one I've switched to is, and I'm serious, is the Outlaw Country Station because every single one of the um, announcers is amazing. They're, they're all interesting. I could just listen to them talk and talk and talk. And, and I think podcasting has a lot of connection to that. What is not, it not that I'm saying I think I'm that interesting, maybe that, but you know what I mean, right? I think we've got enough interesting stuff to stay as long as we don't go on for too long. That you get people that are interested in podcasts, and they, you know, like we were talking about this before, they'll be on their exercise machines, or they'll be on the bus, or whatever, and they'll listen to these things, right? The the Outlaw Country Station. Yeah, number sixty. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The the if you're in there in the morning, it's Paula Nelson is uh, Willie Nelson's daughter. She's great, and then if you're there between. I think one and four. It's uh, what's her name, Elizabeth Cook, and she's just she's got a she's from Florida and she's got the best accent you've ever heard, and she's hilarious. <laughs> and uh, it's just it's interesting. Oh well, that, it, it was awesome to catch up with you, Mark. We're yeah, coming for, on yeah, one hour, so I I can't thank you enough for catching up with me oh no, that's okay we can do it whenever we can i'm it's unfortunate i'm just whatever i could have planned better some days i they're sometimes good and sometimes they're just i've got other things going on that make it kind of choppy but this today worked out really well actually this time almost any day is good for me because i get home from work usually about 3 30 to 4 so any night that you're interested at between those times like between like i say between usually like 4.30 and 7.30 or 8.30 at night if, if you have time. And I know that that doesn't work out that well with your schedule necessarily. But Well, in, in the winter, in the summer, it does. In, in the, the fall, no. But but other times, yeah. Like So I'm going to start asking you on weekdays around 4, 4.30 then. <laughs> it would probably be – you'd probably be more likely to be able to have a consistent – more sort of stable uh, conversation rather than through two or three times a year. <laughs> well, it means well, however that... frequently it happens, I really like doing it, and uh, and and it's it always comes out good. And even if we don't know exactly what you're going to talk about, we seem to not be having having any shortages, do we? I'm I'm just going to say goodbye, but stay on the line, okay? Okay. <laughs> <laughs>